This is Pure West Radio for Pembrokeshire from Pembrokeshire. was John Kennedy there with Tonto Rides the Gain. I'm a big fan of that one. Uh, Good evening, everyone. This is Tuesday Night Live presents the Arts and Culture Show. 
I'm back again every two weeks as always. We've got a super fun show lined up for you tonight. We have got our very own Stuart Coombs of um, Pure West Radio fame off the gaming show. Hello, Stu. Hello. I'm not sure about fame as such, but uh, yeah, it's, it's good to be back. It's a bit weird sitting on the other side of the <laughs> studio tonight. It's... Uh, feel strange I don't have all the screens in front of me where I feel comfortable I'm in control but this time it is you in control so I'm just going to sit back and enjoy and And see what does go through. Why I love it is because uh, when I first started over seven months ago Stuart you in fact taught me everything I know so if I go wrong this evening it's not my fault. (laughs) (laughs) So great so um, Stu has come along to share with us his top 10 favourite songs ever for a bit of fun. I think we might talk about the game show a little bit and a little bit about you yourself. Um, We're also going to talk about a long lost Lowry. SS... Hang on. L.S. Lowry. Got found last year. Interesting. um, And it's being auctioned off in Christie's tonight and it's looking to get a million quid. Quite surprised. I mean, uh, we actually have had some Lowry's in the county before. Uh, Up in Orla Park in St. Davids, actually had a Lowry on display there. Yeah. Ooh, would have been five years ago was when I used to work there oh. a long long time in a galaxy far far away we can and definitely yeah it was talk interesting about actually seeing a Lowry on display in real life yeah it was strange strange but awesome but I was in, I was in charge of looking after it as well which is oh. a bit oh. worrying okay <laughs> I'm impressed um, we're also going to be asking people uh, did they go to any legendary gigs at the Queen's Hall in Narbeth in the 1960s and 70s because if they did they would really like to talk to you, but more on that later. Um, for now, we're going to uh, play a little bit of Bram Van 3000, which was chosen by Izzy in episode 10, and then we're going to jump straight into your top 10. <sighs> I'm looking forward to it. So uh, here is Bram Van 3000. Hi, my name is Stereo Mike. Yeah, we got three tickets to the Brand Van concert happening this Monday night at the Pacific Palisades. Well, you can all go in if you uh, want to answer a couple of questions. Uh, mainly, what is Todd's favorite cheese? Uh, Jackie just called us and said it was a form of rock for. see about that. Give us a ring ding ding. It's a beautiful day. This is Liquid, ring a ding a ding and I want those three grand band tickets, man. Time. I woke up again this morning with the sun in my eyes. When Mike came over with a script surprise, a mafioso story with a twist. A two-wall fool, Julie, you are here to get your ass out of bed. He said, I'll explain it on the way. Sit here. Put my mind on my money, 
Drinking in LA by Bran Van 3000. I'm a big fan of that track. Right, so we have with us tonight Stuart Coombs of, and I'm not allowed to say fame anymore, the gaming show out here at Pure West Radio. Hello, Stu. Welcome. Thank you very much. So, yeah, uh, it's good to be here. But, yeah, fame, maybe not. I mean, <laughs> a thing of Ill, Ill repute, perhaps, uh, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Maybe notorious. Uh, notorious. We'll go with notorious. <laughs> Fabulous. Yeah, but- so it's, it's great to have you here and of course you um are on the gaming show um some might question why you are on the arts show arts and culture show but i feel quite strongly that gaming is a form of culture and a, potentially a form of art so what's your thoughts on that well it very much is a form of art for what it's done i mean you think about from where it started many many years ago to the days of pong mm. pac-man space mm. invaders very very simple at that time but it really was a form of art in some aspects, especially with designs. I mean, some of those designs from the retro 80s mm. are now considered huge mainstays, you know, of pop culture today. I mean, Absolutely. how often do you see a space invader, mm. you know, on something to do with retro gaming or uh, maybe the ghost from Pac-Man? Mm-hmm. They are very, very important parts of it. But atop that as well, when it comes to gaming in the current guise it is, with the power that we have with our current consoles and PCs, we really do see some gorgeous, gorgeous bits of art, not just in terms of the locations you play in, but the stories as well. I mean, mm. you know, it, it basically is, uh, some games are almost like watching a film, except you are in control of the character. Mm-hmm. I mean, notable ones like The Last of Us, uh, the God of War series, or mostly the certainly most recent one. Uh, we've even seen now where gaming has now become art, where we have stuff like The Witcher series has mm-hmm. come around. We've mm-hmm. had uh, Ready Player One, which is a novel based on gaming, which then became a multi-million dollar film about two, three years ago. And it is a big thing. I mean, the best way to show it as well is the BAFTAs. Yes. You know, the British Academy for like, Television Awards, is it? It's something mm. along those lines. You know, television is, you know, form of art. Yes. But there is also the Game BAFTAs, which we will Ooh. be doing very soon, in fact. I think that's happening in the next couple of months. I didn't know that. That's awesome. So, yeah, definitely say it is very much a big form of game, but it's mm. not a big form of art, I should say. But it's not just the fact of playing the games it's also what people produce in the games that mm. make it so special mm, mm, mm. i agree so 
there's a lot of um like you say these modern games i'm gonna sound like a total noob but i'm gonna go with it anyway so um my son loves his playstation too and i had the pleasure of um playing it was a lego city game till the very end and at the very end you are the little lego man and you fall through a disintegrating spaceship to a very beautiful soundtrack and truly i have never been so it was like a film and i i i I finished it and I couldn't speak for quite some time. So in that respect, I think emotionally, they're so much more advanced oh, now. Yeah. I mean, even even when the clock's back, even into the 90s, I mean, there's a game that uh, I mentioned on my show earlier this week, uh, mm. which has been delayed, Final Fantasy VII. Ah. I mean, um, we had Izzy on the show a while back. I mean, Final Fantasy VII is one of the biggest cultural touchstones for mm. gamers certainly in the 90s because it really was a huge storytelling i mean there was mm. a lot of combat aspects into it but some of the story into it like with some of the surprise deaths or moments are really really strong and the amount of emotion characters went mm. through and mm. players as a result mm. went through was huge i mean you mentioned that certain music which yeah. uh, i've got stored away somewhere it really does it brings out tears genuinely it really yeah. does bring out tears i mean some of the songs we're going to be playing uh later on today in fact yes. do the same thing but in more happy memories mm. from memories playing with friends or from certain scenes that happen with the music playing mm. Mm. so it is a big thing when it comes to it and you know were it not for that i mean you know games can't sell if they don't provide emotion in some way whether it's yeah. the success of finishing a game or experiencing a massive story the shock the stuns mm. uh community aspects if that's not in there games won't be successful no absolutely and it's great and uh, speaking of your top 10 songs shall we uh jump in okay so it's trying to remember what on earth i put in there because it's <laughs> uh, to, to clarify first of all it's like Although it's considered a top ten, it's not so much top ten as in the greatest of the great of the great oh, of the no. great of the great, like no. a lot of people would sometimes choose. But with the way this is, these are songs which are significant to me in some way. Yes. So uh, I think so the first we've got lined up is uh, Sergeant Peppers, I believe, it from our friends the Beatles. Now, a bit, oh. a bit of a strange one, because naturally it is always one that, you know, to start off a show, they always used to have this in the background. But also mm. it's really a big thing for me as well in terms of films because when I was a very young lad there was a, a film that I loved to pieces mm-hmm. it was an animated film mm-hmm. it involved the Beatles it was the Yellow Submarine <laughs> yes. people question why I'm utterly insane it's probably something to do with watching this a lot when I was a kid and you know no form of narcotics were necessary in the slightest <laughs> and this bit where they start playing this song they actually had it in uh, Theatre Wine about uh, half a year ago because mm-hmm. it was the 40th or 50th anniversary of that film being released right? and it was really special just sitting there with all these old fogies I think I was the youngest <laughs> there at age 27 <laughs> and it was just uh, it was great we were singing the songs there as well because it was a sing-along version and yeah. it, was kind of, it was just brilliant watching this on the big screen wow. you know, the big climax of the film yeah. where this plays in the background Amazing. to this day I can still see the animation yeah. when yeah. it goes through but I think let's kick it off let's yeah. get let's into a, a bit of power
the Beatles there with uh, Sergeant Pepper Lonely Heart Club Band. That's a mouthful. So that was your first choice. Yes, it was, because uh, uh, at the end you hear them singing Billy Shears before they go into What Do You Think If I Sang Out of Two Would You Stand Up and Walk Out of Me? But yeah, that is a really, really, you know, favourite film of mine. It was great watching that again for the first time in Donkey's Years in <laughs> Theatre Wine a while back. And it's yeah. just utterly, you know, it compl- very 60s and it's just yeah. creative and mad and it almost feels like you've consumed about three different forms of narcotics to watch it. <laughs> but it is well worth it because it's just enjoyable, just really is a lot yeah. of enjoyment to it. But then... Um, you know, it very much was a touchstone to what started me into enjoying uh, animated films. You know, mm. it was you know then you had of course the Disney's off to the side, which mm-hmm. were always there. But this was very much something very different. Mm-hmm. Which then, when it came into video games, and when they started doing these two uh, D games, which we had all the way up until the PlayStation One, even until the PlayStation, there's still two D platforms. That kind of style of art was very bright, very vibrant. It was mm. yeah enjoyable to uh, to play through. Mm-hmm. It also answers a lot of the questions I had. Stuart about you as an individual that would explain a lot yes (laughs) which is why I put it into the top 10 (laughs) so the next song number 2 is the Halo theme by Martin O'Donnell would you like to do the proper name alright then so uh, there are many forms of this I've played this multiple times throughout my show I mean uh, it became a running joke actually how are you playing the Halo any of the Halo music this week Stu Uh, because it is just that good but yeah this uh, particular piece is the Mjolnir mix Uh, this is the Halo 2 version which came out in 2004. Now, a funny story of this, the guitarist you hear is a very well-known guitarist. It's Steve Vai, Ooh. who is very, very famous uh, mm. for his stuff. Now, it turns out, um, recently, the guy who you see uh, who's made it, Marty O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore, these two have been working together for ages. I mean, they started way back at doing the Flintstones um, oh vitamins wow. adverts <laughs> in the 80s. That's brilliant. You know, 10,000 Stong and Growing, which yeah. uh, recently made the rounds again. But the Halo theme... It was the Halo games are very much a very important part of why I am a gamer. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I played the PlayStation One after school club. You know, I had a PC playing Worms, SimCity, Theme Park World, that kind of thing, Rollercoaster Tycoon. Mm-hmm. But when I got an original Xbox in 2007, I finally got to play Halo, which I heard about for such a long time. Yeah. Playing the campaign, it really stuck with me. It was something mm-hmm. very, very strong. But it wasn't just the gameplay and the story, which were miles ahead. Um, in terms of how it was and also they had the novels and all the rest of which really got me yeah. invested into it but it was also the music mm. because the reason one of the big reasons why I made my show what it was is I wanted to showcase video game soundtracks because a lot of people think you know video games you know it is very much it has a bit of a stigma when it comes to being violent or mm-hmm. it's uh, you know you know, 13 year olds uh, playing Fortnite or yeah. guys in their basements downstairs kind of deal it, you know, <laughs> it, there are a lot of very negative yes, sides to yeah. gaming but they're starting to change a little bit more as time has worn as people have grown up with it but what made it something very special is music in mm. the games the work they do in making these you know it's a full blown orchestral pieces mm-hmm. but the Mjolnir mix Stephen uh, Marty O'Donnell actually released a video about oh. three four months ago working with Steve Vai live recordings of the making this song my goodness and you can actually find mm. it on YouTube so if you put in uh, Marty O'Donnell Steve Vai Mjolnir mix you can actually find it and you can see them actually making this version uh, yeah. of the soundtrack Perfect. Shall we have a little listen? I think so. Fab.
Martin O'Donnell there with a Halo theme. I'm not going to attempt to say the name, so I'll let you do that. <laughs> so yes, good old uh, Marty O'Donnell, Michael Salvatore and Steve Vai combined together to making the Munin mix, which is the yeah. Halo 2 variant of the um, Halo theme tune. Because Halo is a very big part of certainly the expansion of art in games, because mm. it's not just the art of the game itself or playing the game, it's uh, player content has become a huge part and Halo was integral to this in the mid-noughties mm. I mean um, were it not for some of the stuff Halo did with uh, some of its design we wouldn't have ne- never had uh, some of the most famous machinimas in video games because machinima is basically it was a series of um, videos done in video games so people have actually gone into a video game into yeah. a certain thing and they've actually made films full-blown films oh my goodness in yeah a video game environment which is an art form within ins- an art form insanity and then mm. um, Halo was a big part of the Red vs. Blue series which is a very well known series from Rooster Teeth which started off just as a joke mm. and then it's grown into this massive series and Rooster Teeth become a massive company yeah. as well and oh yeah. as a result from that I actually met people I met through Halo in Texas <gasps> at the Rooster Teeth Expo in Austin 2015 and 16 yeah. and it became a really big part so yeah it's a big part why I wants to play that song because it was the peak of Halo's era certainly for um, some of the stuff they produced but mm. also it it is one of the well-known pieces everyone knows that track if they know they're gaming because yeah. it's just like such a big big part mm. of uh, first person shooters and also for production as well yeah yeah fantastic so I thoroughly enjoyed it the next song is Elbow One uh, one Day Like This, which is yes. a lovely song. Tell me, tell me why you chose that one. So, uh, One Day Like This is from an album called The Seldom Seen Kid, which came out about 10, 15 years ago. Uh, this is, it's one of the very few albums I can listen to from start to finish. You know, you do get albums these days where you tend to, like, if you have your MP3 players, whatever, you, you tailor it, so you hear certain high songs. Mm-hmm. But there are very few albums these days, or even beforehand, where you can listen to an entire album from start to finish, because each track is just so good to listen to but in terms of this this was the most well-known song by Elbow I mean Mm -hmm. it's been used in so many different things over the years but it really is just an uplifting piece it's Mm. you know they're saying you know it's with Sarge Peppers we've had the Mule Near Mix we've uh, got this now they're all really uplifting pieces because you know I do enjoy the sad piece now and again but this is ones where you just feel good which you need Mm. it (laughs) and it's just so so good let's have a listen Like a beautiful day 
One day like this. 
one day like this would see me right. Yes, indeed. So, uh, yeah, one of the very few ones I can listen back and just enjoy because um, if it wasn't actually for a friend of mine, actually, I never had that album. He gave me the um, the fast as you used to do when you were in uh, school back in the day. You had it on a stick or a CD, and you could oh. f- share between your friends. Oh. You know, in the times yeah. before LimeWire, we're terrible criminals, <laughs> but. Uh, it really is. It's a, a, such a great piece. I mean, it's been used so many times. I keep thinking when I hear the end of it now. I keep thinking of Peter K singing it uh, in <laughs> as as a as a kids children show character from Rory the Racing Car. My God, where uh, they had all the um, I think it was like all the children show characters from myriad things like there was Scooby Doo, mm-hmm. Thomas Tank Engine, Fifi and the Flower Tots, Postman Pat. I'm a fan. It I'm was fan of all the put together. They did they did the song and it was so many girls. They had Can You Feel It in there. They had. <laughs> Um, don't stop thinking about tomorrow and then this was the last track yeah. was this at the very end with the order singing it was just so so good mm, mm. but yeah I mean it's it's a great great song to listen to as well I mean there's other tracks in that album Starlings which is great mm. uh, there's also trying to think it's always when you think of the name suddenly blank that's it and it's all, all names yeah. but you can gone. sing it off the top of your yeah. head if you need <laughs> to not but, that I'm asking you to I don't know but no it is a very very good track to enjoy I mean uh, mm. Sam Kid of course is well known in there in, in variety as well because it's an album that has uplifting it's also some very sad songs or more mm. melancholy I think is melancholy. probably the more melancholy yeah that's a good scary. word yeah so the next song uh, Arrival to Earth Steve Jablonski alright then now this is possibly one of the biggest most important tracks of my entire life Ooh. which is quite yeah it's, it sounds like hyperbole it sounds like wow, come <laughs> on to you being overdramatic but no the ramifications of this particular piece is very important to me and also my future because uh this is the uh most famous track from the transformer series which uh, Michael Bay worked with um, in 2007. Mm. So the Michael Bay movies, the Bayformers, I've been a huge fan of Transformers for a very long time. Yes. I have a 1986 VHS, which I took from after school club in North Wales, uh, which was actually the um, the pilot's episode to Rival from Cybertron. My goodness. Which it inspired me. It, really was, it struck a call me. I really enjoyed it. And mm. then uh, years later, I came across. Um, I saw a poster for this film in two thousand seven, in two thousand six, five, six, seven, and I need to say I never saw it until I got the DVD for Christmas. But the music in it was something very, very special. And Steve Jablonski, when he worked in this, this particular scene is when um, the Autobots arrive to Earth. They had arrival to Earth, yes. and you see the famous Optimus Prime appear for the first time, which has been such a huge part of people's childhoods. Yes. In positive ways and sad ways as well. Mm. The infamous death of Optimus Prime in 1986, the Ooh. original 1986 film. Yeah, that left scarred many, many kids Ooh. in the 80s. I mean, you just yeah. mentioned that, and just blubber away. Yeah. I mean, it's a different time then. They did not mess about with kids' Oh, no, I mean, uh, let's look at Sailor Moon, shall we? Let's just kill <laughs> off all the Sailor characters <laughs> oh, all in one go. Apparently that is quite a well-known uh, yeah. fatality moment. But... This piece is very important for another factor because from this I came across uh, DeviantArt which is a well-known art website Mm -hmm. where a lot of people do their fan art which kind of lost its reputation in recent years but about uh, 10 to 15 years ago this was huge Mm -hmm. and in there there was a Transformers fandom and due to this film and the success of this film it led to the creation of Transformers Animated which became a very well-known animated series it really expanded out quite well and 
the series grew so much so hence we've had Bumblebee in recent years Transformers yep. Prime which is one of the best Transformers series for, hands down mm. you know not just for kids but some of the adult stuff in it in terms of the maturity of the shows mm. is very well done mm. but from that uh, in DeviantArt I met uh, a group of fans who were making stories with their own characters so I did the same I had my own characters I've got tons of stories tragic and uh, heroic in many aspects <laughs> and we wrote our stories we role played the characters we did artwork together and there's this one uh, user called Baby Griffin. Now, mm-hmm. ba- uh, Baby Griffin also known as BG, as she was shortened to. Um, we kept talking for a long time. From that, uh, I thought, nah, not, you know, this good friendship, nothing ever happened. Then she decided to ask me out, which was like, oh, right, okay. I was not expecting this. So, you know, cause she always said she would swear off, uh, swear off men. She's um, uh, trying to think of the right term now. It's one of the ones on the LGBTQ uh, region. It's not asexual, it's the one demisexual, that's it, which basically is you hold no aspects of um, like lust or love towards her until you develop a very strong friendship. Yes, okay, cool. And so she asked me out and then said yes, we have this long relationship for years and years, flying it under the radar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Many people, not many people knew, not even the parents, until I announced like a year later, about four or five, about, yeah, three years later. Mm-hmm. From that, mm-hmm. we then um, got engaged two years ago. I just literally, oh, my heart, I'm buzzing <laughs> for you to say that. I was like, yes! So, yes, um, from Amazing. this, I met her a few times. Her name yeah. is Glynis, as uh, I now know. It turns out her family are from St. David's no. quite a few generations back. So, yeah, we're That's not still bizarre. linked to Pembrokeshire. So where does she live, uh, I California, in California. Sacramento. Goodness so me. So I'll be heading out there in a couple of years' time. But were it not for this, mm. specifically this piece and this film, we would probably would have never met. Yeah, we would never massive. made the uh, links we did. I then made friends that I met. So the two matchmakers who actually match made us yeah. as well. We would never have had that opportunity because I was still a Transformers fan. These people weren't until they saw this film. Yes, and exactly. it became a huge, huge part. So the fun sound. part was later. Oh my goodness! Which I'll tell us after the track. Okay. <laughs>
Arrival to Earth by Steve Jablonski. My goodness, quite the epic, Stu, quite the epic. Very much so. I mean, uh, for that particular scene as well, we were just running through off-air, is a huge, huge scene, and mm. uh, it defined where not for that and lean to the scene wouldn't happen because it was interesting then uh, last July this kind of went full circle because uh, Glynis and I went to Florida to go to Guardian Con which is a video game convention but also a fundraiser for the St. Jude charity mm-hmm. which is a big charity uh, based in I think it's Tennessee and they deal with uh, children with cancer they treat children mm-hmm. with cancer they also are a research hospital the research they make treats cancer across the planet so anything you know the money that you know they can you know, why sending money to America actually helps us here. Yes. Yeah. And people have raised millions, millions of dollars mm. from gamers putting this together, which is a big thing. But later afterwards then, we went to a Halo convention, which a friend of ours put together, and we met up in uh, the DreamWorks theme park. <laughs> so actually DreamWorks already is quite a big thing. But yeah, major. they also own Transformers, ah. and they actually have a Transformers ride there. Oh, okay. And so it was a big thing for us because we went through the main queue mm. and there were actual props from the film, from that soundtrack. Yeah. You could go through, like, seeing Scorponok's Tale, the Shard of the Allspark, and we enjoyed this 3D experience ride. It was you. Uh, you had Glynis, myself, and DJ, who is our good friend. Yeah. We knew everything about us, so we were just interacting with the whole thing, <laughs> just going, saying, hi, Soundwave, bye, Soundwave, all this other stuff. But as we walked out, we then heard this music playing yeah. in the queue line. It was just like, it really did hit me, because it was like, you know, holding the hand of my soon-to-be wife in mm. the theme park by the Transforcing where knowing were it not for that, we wouldn't have met. Oh, my gosh. It was yeah. really, very special. That's just perfection, honestly. It's just... Oh, I love it so much. Right, I don't really want to move on. I want to talk about your um, potential new wife, but... Potential? No, she... she oh, she said yes. <laughs> yeah, she did say yes. Yeah, she did say yes. Uh, if, if, yeah, I'm very glad she did. Yeah. It's, it'll be a while before we actually get married because, mm. you know, the whole thing with American um, yes. immigration and all the rest can mm. make it a bit longer, but mm. she hasn't declined it yet. They have not been sent, <laughs> the ring's not been sent back to me yet and I've got my own ring, so that's a good sign. That's a good sign. Being a good, being a good couple, we both got rings too large for each other, so we have to wear them around our necks. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. You just get them reshaped in time. You've got a couple of Unfortunately, you can't reshape mine. It's oh. uh, it's made of co-wood, arbalone shell, and tungsten carbide. So it's a, one of these infants you can't change them, so oh. I need to fatten up. <laughs> we'll just give you loads of burgers. You'll be fine. Right, next is Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. A fantastic so, choice. Everyone loves this song. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, can't, I don't think I've met anyone who does not like mm. this song, but... Uh, it's also got a couple of funny memories as well. Like, we managed to clear an Irish bar once in Texas when we went to the Rooster Teeth Expo, um, singing this at the top of our lungs with about 40 uh, other griffballers who were we we're all fans of the certain game within a game from Halo, and we actually had leagues. So I was a commentator for that. Mm. And we were singing at the top of our lungs. We actually managed to vacate the entire <laughs> Irish bar from our singing, which kind of disappoints. Like, what's wrong? It's Bohemian Rhapsody. If Come you don't on, sing it, yeah. there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> so they all left. Excellent work. Shall we have a listen? Absolutely. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide. No escape from reality. Open your eyes. Look up to the skies and see. I'm just a Go little high, little low. Anywhere the wind blows, doesn't really matter. 
little silhouette of a man Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the bandango? Thunderbolt and lightning, very, very frightening me Galileo, Galileo, Galileo Figaro Magnifico! I'm just a poor boy and nobody loves me He's just a poor boy from a poor family Sparing his life from this monstrosity Come, easy go, will you let me go? Bismillah, no, we will not let you go. Let him go. Bismillah, we will not let you go. Let him go. Bismillah, we will not let you go. Let me go. Let me go. Let me go. Oh, mamma mia, mamma mia. Mamma mia, let me go. Beelzebub has a devil put aside for me. Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, I can only thank you for choosing that one. That was cracking. It is. It's. It's. You know. It's, if, like I said, if you're not singing it, there's I mean, even. You know. Okay. It is late now. I imagine if you're not singing, don't make up the name. <laughs> that's forgivable. But usually, if you're travelling in a car somewhere, yeah. the entire car singing. I've been in. Mul- I've been in multiple cars with multiple people. And every time it's come on, we've all been singing at the top <laughs> of our lungs, head banging away, causing the car to bounce on Absolutely. the motorway. So uh, by our vi- sheer violence of head banging. <laughs> And if you don't dance to it, then you're not a human being, I've decided. Or just, or just air guitaring. Just, just, <laughs> just, just some kind it. of emotional response. <laughs> Otherwise, you're dead inside. So the next song, Seab, uh, Breathe by Seab. Yes, so uh, so this is a track that um, Glynis introduced me to. So this mm-hmm. is why it's uh, quite a special song to me, because it's a very easy listening track, but it's a, almost, it's a dance track mm-hmm. uh, in the way it's done. But it's also the... Lyrics are really nice as well, and the um, the music video to it is kind of like time lapse, different things. But Ooh. it really is a thing that's very, very special. I mean, it's mm. one that um, you know. When I think of this, you know, I think of Linus very much. It is a very, very important yeah, uh, song for that. I mean, it, and it's just it's so listenable. I mean, it's a, I'm just, it's a sad it never got a huge fame, but 
it's just well because it's now a very niche thing people may have never heard of it I've played it on my show I think once or twice yeah but it is a very very special track it's just mm-hmm. one you can just you know literally almost float away on mm. it's just I, it was new to me and I, I listened to it um, end to end yeah, when I was just, supposed to be working, so it was. Gorgeous. Yeah, that's I mean, it's it, it is the effect it has on it. It is mm. a very very um, you know fun part of you know when it comes to relationships and also through gaming because you know when it comes to games and you meet people they introduce you to new stuff absolutely which is stuff like this is a big part where there's songs you may have never heard or art you may have never seen or shows you may have not ever heard of mm. could be stemmed from friends you met courtesy of video games exactly I love it let's have a little listen this is Seeb with breathe. This is not for your cries This is all for your lies Listen out for your mind You're killing me over love 